Welcome to the Thinking Church podcast with Lee Button and me, Chris Bright. Thinking Church exists to help your church thrive by helping you think through key strategic topics of church life. Each week we'll be tackling a different subject of church life and we'll be joined by some special guests along the way. So if you like this podcast, why not give us a like, give us a rating and give us a review as well. So without further ado, get your thinking caps on and let's get on with this week's episode. <laughs> oh man, I'm so glad I started recording already um, because it's too there, there interesting. We go. You, you, you started... <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Today's yes. episode with added drama. <laughs> I like this. So so we can like introduce the topic. So uh yes. Actually, so, I'm, I'm probably going I'm probably going to turn that off so you don't hear every alert and everything that comes through my computer well, should we, should uh, while we, we're recording. Yeah. Well, it's and it's worth saying before but we get started but before we get started, I mean, our noises. So I, I, what I noticed was I was looking through the back catalogue of Thinking Church podcasts and I noticed some of them have gone E by them. And it's worth noting and worth any listener, we don't swear in our podcast. And, you know, we, you know, I, I, we attempt to <laughs> in, in every occasion not to, we, you know, we try and keep our language as, as family friendly in all circumstances as possible but for some reason there's an e on some of 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 our podcasts and i think it's because i've accidentally ticks you know you know when sometimes you're in a bit of a rush and you're uploading it quickly and you think that when there is a tick box you just need to tick the box and what the tick box is saying is there is there is a naughty language in the podcast uh, there isn't so just to you know if this is the first time you're listening to it and thinking of maybe going through our back catalog which i obviously re- recommend um we haven't used any bad language at all um but you might be worried that we are so i'm going to try and fix it and hopefully we'll get it sorted I- I, I love this. Actually, listeners, what's really the truth of this is that Chris is very good at editing. <laughs> yeah, I've edited words to make them sound like, uh, yeah, no. Yeah, that's, that's definitely definitely not the case. I, I, I just think, like, out of all of the topics we've discussed, um, that that's got to be something that's been ticked or put through rather than... Uh, something listening into it and de- making a decision on you know something ai or something yeah i com- yeah, we, yeah it's got to be that that i've accidentally ticked it. i'm gonna see if i can untick some of them um but it doesn't tell me which ones i would have to go back through and then have a look and then hopefully it will it will alert me well anyway should we, let's go on, let's we get on with the podcast expanders to uh yeah i was going to say we where we show up now in a search is uh you know might might be piquing some interest for a few people yeah <laughs> and they'll be thinking you're thinking church but you're talking like that i mean it's just you know <laughs> the mind boggles and it's boggling for me so yes well i think what we'll do is we'll we'll, we'll cue lee's novelty soundboard because today we're going to ask the question is yeah. this the death of the huge auditorium you know what? I've just turned it off. Oh, God. Oh, I was waiting for the dun dun dun. Uh, <laughs> it's, yeah, it's uh oh dear. I'm 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 sorry, Chris. Like that's uh um yeah, that 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 that's terrible. You ready? 
This yeah, is why we also yeah. don't work in entertainment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, we, yeah. Is that copyrighted? That piece of music? It can't be. Surely. I I I would I would expect not for something that short. Um, yeah, good point. I mean, this is. I was I was going to draw an analogy there, sort of like you know that that was as 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 late as uh, the on-screen lyric change uh, uh, <laughs> on, a, on, on a bad Sunday morning. Uh, when yes. <laughs> I think of the number of times that I've um, had to step in and do things like visuals when I've, I've often done sound for churches, but the visuals was, was kind of not, not my forte. And the number of times when, like, you know, I'd be listening to the music thinking, oh, that guitar needs to go up a little bit, realising I've just missed two verse changes or something. Um, ah, yes. But... Yes. Yeah. Well, well. so today we're going to be talking about uh, is this the death of the huge auditorium with, you know, COVID coming in, there is where they were expecting, we're expecting, you know, maybe smaller uh, congregations as a result of the pandemic, more people maybe wanting to stay at home, some people who've just kind of given up on church altogether. And then with the rise, uh, more in the UK, it's happening more and more of, you know, multi-site, multi-service. Uh, is this now the death of the uh, the desire for the huge auditorium. So we're going to get in that into that today, and we're going to be talking multi-site, multi-service, small locations, large locations, and all of those things in between. So let's get into it, Lee. Let let's have a think about you know what's changed since the start of you know since the pandemic. What what I think how has the land changed? Well, I think there's. So one, I think, you know, that immediate step that actually there was a period where we all just got out of the building, like flat out. We all just got out of buildings. And so actually it allowed us to just rethink that, you know, like the we less building dependent by what we were going on. But let, let's not forget that, you know, contextually, I think things had been building before that with how we were using rooms and auditorium, particularly those who've actually got their own space. And, you know, I'd, I'd even seen a bit of a, a, a trend in the past where, um, and this even goes to like some of the American churches, with these bigger auditorium, but to get them onto space, created like balcony structures and, yeah. you know, banked seating and things like that. But even some of those I was going to in the States and visiting had started to curtain off some of the, you know, the tiered seating or the top elements or the balcony and we're moving more towards this um, multiple services approach. So keeping everybody like down on, on the floor, as it were. And even in the UK, I think there were one or two churches with bigger spaces that were that were edging, uh, edging that way. So I think once once we got to this and I think it's allowed. Um, yeah, just allowed that, allowed that, allowed that change to happen. I think it's just like expediated that that we're, we're rethinking our relationship with the buildings that we've had that we have and how we use that space because certain elements of um how we do church and what we're thinking that we, you know, we're going to be changed in how we deliver in person for a time we're going to go back and we're saying like it's going to open up but really we, we still don't quite know what that looks like it's not going to be straight back to normal people are going to have a level yeah. of caution it's going to be the summer realistically you know it's mostly going to be over the summer where things are different anyway i think a lot of people are going to want to use the outdoor 
space, take advantage maybe of holidays if they're if we're able. Look, we're looking more towards the autumn again and how we plan. I still think we might be looking at multiple services rather than single big services because people are going to want people are going to be used to some of the space. We might be having to pace it, still record, still stream, and you know, do a variety of things. So I, I think it, it's just a bigger, it's a bigger conversation. And I think it's about our relationship with the buildings rather than just um, you know, have we got one and how do we use it? I think we're going to really look to reorientate them and um, reshape them and their use. Yeah, I'm I'm wondering whether our perception, because so before COVID, I would always work on this feeling of you know, critical mass in a building. This feeling that we are, you, a building is good when you've got, you need, you need it to be packed enough, but not too packed. Because when you when you have a building that's packed, there's a sort of there's, there's this natural energy that comes from that. But if you're too packed, then it feels awful. You know, it feels really, really. It just feels, you know, like there's you know there's no space at all. So you, there's always been this thing pre-COVID, and I think that that works not not just in churches, but you know, all over the place from you know uh, gigs to building, you know, to all sorts of places. This sense of critical mass. I wonder has has the feeling of what critical mass is, will that change? And, and so will we think about critical mass differently? Because, you know, beforehand we might think, oh, wow, you know, if you can get this number of people in, it's, you get this certain feeling. But do you reckon that's changed now? Yeah, I probably. But I, I think even for our approach to how we're doing workday meetings and things like that as well, you know, the uh, there's just so much to take into account but it's also still a relatively short period of time so we don't have full data the thing that i'd be really cautious of is jumping at anything um like you know latching onto it uh as if we've got a, a new thing so you know we said you know like you know hybrid hybrid church and when we talk about that i still don't think there's going to be a clear definition of what that looks like and it is yeah. about that kind of the mix of people in person and people in virtual yeah. so that the whole piece coming together is like you know where do we get the data how how do we look at it how long do we live for it but stop anchor stop we've got to make sure we don't become desperate to anchor ourselves to something that we can kind of like you know stick a pin in I wonder what's what is going to change and I so I guess so before COVID the, there was more rise in the UK of multi-site it was still pretty new um I you know in I, I heard recently that you know multi-site in America has been going for for you know a couple of decades now but in the UK it's still very very new and so the concept of it it was still new and I wonder whether for churches now, when you're looking at, okay, is that still going to be a good uh, strategy post COVID? I think it. I think it will be, and I think that because you know we're still not sure whether that nature of hybrid, you know, how many people are going to still want to watch online. I think we're always going to have that. You know, that there's always going to be that sense where 
people are going to want to observe online. You know, they want to have a little, they want to have a little look in at your church and see what you're doing, you know, in that kind of, when they're considering what to do, you know, whether they want to join your church, be part of your community, they, they want to see what they're, what they're getting themselves into. So I think that that hybrid nature will be there. But I think as a church grows and scales, it does seem now that that, that actually that that move towards lots of smaller locations or lots of small smaller services at lots more times is going to be more prevalent. And it seems like it's a a wiser strategy to begin with. Yeah, there's and again, it depends what you're trying to achieve with multi-site as opposed to like the multi-service thing. And it we've seen you can make mistakes with that because if you pick sites that are too close together you end up with one more popular yeah. than the others and so it's like again it comes like that what you're trying to do is it really a different group that you're reaching or a different thing you're trying to achieve are you multi-site because you're trying to you know in one sense replicate you know uh, uh an experience and a, a more i use this term you know lightly but you know a branded or packaged thing that you know wherever I go it's identical so if I just pick any site and, you know that might be fine in the UK say if you've got that model where it's you know you've got one in three or four cities so that you know if I ever I move to a new city I've always got an expression of that church if you've got them though all within one local area it, it changes the dynamic of how you're outworking that and by just by scale because you are you know are you looking to have more you know Typically, that's going to be multiple churches of 50 to 200, mm-hmm. realistically. Um, you know, some people are more uh, fortunate because of, because of, because of the, uh, the, the size or reach of what they've got. You do, you do tip, tip the sizing. But like, unless we, so we've got multi-site that's one type of church, you know, one name of church that appears in like five or six cities. But we don't very often see it have like four or five expressions then within that one area. And then we've got other churches who do multi-site where they try to replicate within one really, really town, geographical area. Yeah. yeah. And I, I, I'm still cautious about whether that really breaks down quite the same. But now, after the pandemic, if people are, there's something about a smaller gathering and easier management and what you're trying to do, maybe that that is going to have um more impact because people are going to be more focused on the local aspect of how they're doing things and where they want to go a little bit less travel closer to home mixing with uh fewer people but still like you say that you know redefining that 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 critical mass aspect like what does that look like especially against um multi-service as well which you know the, the throughput of using one one space multiple times and mm-hmm. um, we might find some of those that you might have a bigger space but now because people don't want to gather in quite the huge numbers you're going to run three or four hundred person services or th- you know 150 200 that that still seems to be we still have these divisible factors that i think we're holding on to we haven't lived the new way yet and we haven't got data. So let's not solutionize a problem and jump at how we're going to outwork it before we actually understand what we're working with. And there, for me, the important fact is that how do we hold this loosely and plan to be adaptable going forward? That, you know, 
if it doesn't work, how do we change it? And it might not work for us, but it might work for somebody else. We can't just copy either. Like how are we purposefully going to deliver this and make it actionable and repeatable? And this is it. We're going to measure different things. We're going to look at different behaviours. We need to engage the people who are coming. We need to look at what's happening around us. There's lots of things to consider. And I don't think we can be definite about it yet. But short term, the hybrid nature is is clearly going to be here because people have got used to being able to take part online wherever they are if they go somewhere else and still be included and the accessibility aspect of it so that's that's that is definitely going to be around but how we implement it i think we're going to see multiple implementations and you know uh, and differences on how that's actually done yeah well there's been some general principles around you know good multi-site practice and i think it's probably worth uh diving into some of them for a little bit uh, because i think there's first off there's a big difference between multi-site and multi-church yeah uh, which is uh so and and i think most churches think that they're multi-site but in reality they're a form of multi-church and so let's try and break down the difference between the two multi-site is about uh, taking what's already working and growing and you're re- then what happens is you're realizing that people are now starting to travel you're now becoming an attractional church where people are now traveling to your church from it's not it has to be for, far enough away so it's normally about people normally say it's about that sort of the 20 minute drive or the 20 minute commute so you know if you're in you know urban london that would be a 20 minute tube ride you know or you know if you're in yeah. Like, like me in Gloucestershire, it'd be, it'd be in the car. And um, and when you get those pockets of people and you get enough of them, then you plant a new site in that location that's far enough away. So you have this uh, multi-site habitable zone, as I describe it, where if you go too far away, um, then often you don't have enough people there to be able to plant a congregation that's going to you know, stick. You know, it, it can be quite difficult. Um, whereas if you go too close with multi-site, then you have the problem of uh this gravitational effect where you know if you're planting five minutes down the road you have this issue where the problem is it's just so much easier to go to the big sending church that's already got everything set up everything's great the music's brilliant you know and you've got that competition factor which is just undeniable but at that 20 minute zone then you can plant with you know you wait for 50 80 100 people or, or whatever it is for you and then you can plant there and you have that sense but the interesting thing is with multi-site is you've got to you've got to think about why are people coming to your service and so whatever you know so people are coming to your service because there there isn't a type of church like that where they are because if, if there was one already then let's you know let let's encourage them to go to, to that church but for some reason people want to travel to your church 20 minutes away uh and but what that means is there's an expectation of if you're going to plant in their location then the type of church is already set about how it needs to look. And that's why multi-site as a a model has gone down a much more kind of franchise looking almost identical because actually we've set that expectation. Um, It's not supposed to, it was never meant to be, uh, there's kind of a middle ground, which is odd. um, And I think it only works. So it was never meant to be where you just go and plant anywhere. Um, and there's this middle ground that's emerged is I describe it as the, uh, the worldwide nationwide and worldwide brand model of multi-site where if you have got a church that is 
well known enough and usually it's due to you know excellent worship music um that can travel you know worldwide those kind of things then you often what will happen is you can have a nationwide brand where you could set up in any city in your nation or in for some for some churches specifically they could set up in any city in the world and they'd great get a following because everyone knows who they are whereas majority of churches you know that is that's one percent less than one percent of churches in the world could do that and so actually a multi-site works when when you work out slowly from your location rather than just going you know what's the next big city let's go and plant there that only works if you've got a like a national yeah brand but that that that's got a, a roadmap and actually like you say that that's not that many in terms of all churches that's that's not that many that are doing that yeah. and some of the more established churches already have the pattern of where they have their building has been established by yeah metrics that were taken decades ago if not centuries ago yeah. so you know you've got that element but i think one of the things i've seen is um and you, you you've probably you know probably got note to it as well is sometimes people go multi-site as the default because they won't make a good decision so it's like you know you've got a pastor that won't transition as somebody coming through who's also very good and has got lead pastor potential and one's not making way for the other or you've got a couple of people coming up and you you kind of like rationalize this yourself as an excuse to plant or start an additional service yeah that's that's not the right reasoning you you can't do it for those like there's other things that need to be addressed before you you come to that do you know what i mean so i've, I've seen yeah. it because even within one building i've seen it with uh two kind of like executive pastor kind of like roles that were there who would potentially have the capacity to run their own churches came up but what happened was is they started a different service but the two services were essentially like two different churches within one building and yeah. they were attractional by the personality look that ends up being a mess and you can't decide to do this because you're trying to avoid a split or a tough decision like you you need good reasoning it needs to be well thought through you need some level of strategy behind it and actually, you know, we need to probably get better at some of those difficult conversations that precede the decision to go multi-site and multi-service. Because in the number of times I've worked with churches as well, where you end up with this kind of like, you know, the classical service and the contemporary service. Yeah. It's like, that's, that's basically two congregations. Um, it, it just it can really mess with the simplicity of what we're, we're, we're trying to go for. So a lot of that needs looking at before we even begin. Now, I wonder how many people have continued those elements online, if they've had it, where they've now got contemporary and classical kind of, you know, or the, you know, the, the morning meeting and then the evening evangelistic meeting. That, you know, that was a typical structure and still in play by a lot of churches what what does that look like when you've taken it online or so so the return is like i just encourage people don't return to what we once had it's a changed landscape but also don't now pin it all on like there is one solution going forward actually yeah. we need to think this through and be prepared for another year at least of regular adapting and changing to make good choices in the right direction so i think it's yeah we need to be working with what's a great next step 
So like we did this Sunday and this happened and these people turned up. Is it because we've got to build trust again and confidence in people coming out? Are we dealing with behavior issues? What's what what what's going on? Like literally what is going on? And then and be prepared to work with it and engage meaningful dialogue. So it's two way with the people who are coming so that you actually do make those decisions that actually work with who you have and who want to attend uh, in whatever format that looks like. And you might see some great innovation come as a result of that and actually start to do something different that really, really, really makes an impact in your location. I like that. That's way better. Right sizing and getting a, a good solution and being adaptable, but actually seeing meaningful impact where you are is much better than just trying to get that churn of bums on seats and counting, uh, you know, counting chairs and stuff like that. Let's let's get away from that and actually use this as a an opportunity, the opportunity that we think it is. Yeah, that's that's really good. It's probably worth us um, diving into having a look at what multi-church strategy is. We we've touched on multi-site, um, multi multi-church essentially is all all of those things that you talked about. You know, when you've got a contemporary service and you've got a modern service and you've got you know all these things where essentially you've got two congregations. What it's crying out for is really what's happening is you've got this different who a different target market. And when you've got a different target market, if you've got two target markets that you're trying to reach, you've really got two churches and you should just then plant a church. Now that church could be next door. And in reality, it doesn't actually matter because, and that's the thing about multi-church, which is essentially church planting. Um, but you can, you know, you can keep them all under a same umbrella. There's a difference between, you know, multi-site is like a, a branded house. It's called in marketing terms. And multi-church would be more like a house of brands. You know, you could have multiple different churches, different church styles, different church names, and you could all be networked together under, you know, the whatever banner. And, and you know, it's very it's a lot looser in its affiliation. Um, but what it means is that it doesn't matter about location. You don't have that 20 minute drive time thing because you're reaching different people. So whenever you're you know, thinking, oh, we could never do the, the same here, it probably means in your head you're thinking more like church planting than multi-site. And multi-site is, the whole point of multi-site is it's something that's already working and is already naturally expanding. Whereas multi-church is more, much more in the kind of pioneering, we're going to go here, we're going to reach this kind of people, we're going to, you know, we're going to launch a, you know, instead of launching a traditional service, we're going to launch a more traditional church. And that's great. That's absolutely fine. You know, that there are, you know, there are, you know, there are still people who are in the, you know, boomer age range and the Gen X age range. It's not all, you know, about millennials and Gen Z these days. Uh, there's still plenty of different generations that need to be reached around. And if, if that's the case, plant another church. That's absolutely fine. That church could be next door. That church could be in the same building if you want it to be. Um, but you just make it really, really clear, have different leaders, have different ministry strategies, just do it differently. And actually, if you're thinking uh, and wondering which side you fit, 
you know, it's think about, are you, you know, if you're multi-site, you're trying to, it's something that's already working. It's going to be very replicable. It will be faster reaching. I think that that's definitely the case that it's, it, that multi-site tends to expand faster, but multi-church is something where you, when you find that new people group that hasn't been reached, plant a new church. So that's the difference between yeah. multi-site and multi-church. I, and I, I think that's it. And I, there's, there's much more to be garnered by, if you go that route, of having alignment of purpose than alignment of style. And yeah. actually, we are, we are looking at those points to work with people that, like you say, like they can contain you like one, one physical building. I know actually quite a few churches that have got different denominational streams, building sharing. Yeah. But if you're reaching people and people are coming to meet Christ, nothing else matters yeah that's it yeah. Like, let's let's get past that like we're, we're not successful because of number of people that attend that's not what it's about actually if we can bring about life change set people on a path to discover christ for themselves and disciple them to live their lives you know in a way that they they you know they feel looked after they get to um, outwork their 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 you know who they are and whether that then is like you know within the four walls of the church or if they go and start other projects and work and volunteering or you know like let's not hold tight to the output and outcome of those things but let, let let's let's value and celebrate the impact those people have um so it i you know from a gathering point of view some people like large church some people like small church um you know some people like liturgical services some people like really highly contemporary services oddly right even through all the ages so like disband even with all of the boomer gen x kind of stuff for a minute mm. actually there's there's a resurgence even in like much younger people whose lives have typically been more chaotic because of other factors going on pre-pandemic that they've aired more towards structure and liturgical things because of that sense of calming and almost like more the mindfulness aspect which is spoken of quite a lot so you know but actually what we're doing is we're, we're aligning the purpose like we're here and we share these buildings and we agree to do this and we have you know what chris we're back again what's the mission what are your principles it, it's it's principles again actually we're, we're we're here to love people and do this and you know we're not going to get hung up on the style so you've got electric and we've got an organ literally who cares it, it doesn't matter it's like you go and do it that way and we'll go and do it this way it's like hey did you did you meet people hey these people came here and they you know they they were a bit on edge they didn't like this or this thing happened and you know let's not take you know forget some people you know um acoustically and visually you know a more you know certain environments and circumstances can be you know either engaging or they can be off-putting like it needs all types yeah so let's 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 stick to that and work out the purpose of why we're doing what we're doing but at the same time let's not it's just you know be cautious don't go down those routes in in lieu of a good decision because you're trying to avoid conflict and that is the thing like lots of nice people and churches are full of nice people we sometimes shy away from doing conflict well mm -hmm. 
And conflict can be done well and it can be positive and it can come to good conclusions. But actually, sometimes we, we do things in lieu of going through that process and we end up with a bit of a meh. And it doesn't yeah. actually serve anybody or anything. So that that's that's my caution. It's like, no, avoid doing that, make good decisions, but be prepared. We've had a year of adapting weekly. Yeah. Don't, don't, don't ditch that. Don't ditch that. I'm, I'm doing my earnest face at the minute. Don't ditch that. It's like you, you've come this far. You can do it. And like when we get some return and we start seeing people and we, it, it's going to feel different. But don't, don't anchor then to the first piece of certainty that we get. Like actually remain adaptable because it's like, you know, we, I think we've got to prepare that things could, could, evolve and change and shift more than potentially we've had at any other point yeah so the question then we've got is uh, are are the days of the big church building over? And I, so I don't think they are, but there is a massive caveat to all of this. And I think we started to hit on this first, which is before you even start, you know, a, a lot of churches want to get a bigger building. And in, in my city, the biggest building in the city is the cathedral. And so, you know, when we've been talking about style, you know, you know, it's it is a much more, you know, it's a traditional service. It does maybe it doesn't have the largest congregation, but it doesn't it definitely has the largest building, and it's set up for a certain way. And you know, and so, firstly, there's big buildings and small buildings are are not the point. You know, pe people are the point, of course. But I think a lot of churches may want to grow what they're doing, see more people reach for Christ. And they think, OK, we want to build a bigger building. And some of this is because, you know, you're starting to see church growth. And then you think, right, we can't fit everyone in. We need a bigger building. And so the first thing to think of is, firstly, can you go to multiple services is the first thing. And and I think in this in this day and age, it's it's not just multiple services on a Sunday. First, you've got, you know, you can do an online service, which will reach many people. Then you've got multiple services on a Sunday. Then you've probably even got multiple services during the week because many people work on the weekends. So why not have, you know, you could start a midweek service, a, a Monday night service or a Wednesday night service. Why not? Well, absolutely. Why not? So I think first off, maximize the amount that you can use that building. I think that, that be as economical as you possibly can with your building to use it as many ways. You know, if you're growing and you know you're not going into different service types, you know, the traditional service and the modern service and all that kind of stuff. But if you've got if if your if your church is growing, use the building you've got multiple times first, and then the second before you then buy a new building then think, well, can you go multi-site? And so, because if you, if you know, if more people are joining and there's, you know, it's, you've got this sense of growth and momentum, then look, okay, look at that habitable zone 20, 20 minutes away. Okay, who's coming from there? Is, is there a large enough group? And I think only when, you know, if you can't plant because there's not large enough pockets. So let's say you've only got, you know, a handful of people 20 minutes away, but most people are coming from within your city, which is great. At those points, and you've maxed out how many, you know, services you can run, in a week then look at getting a new building so i think there's so many steps now and i think it's being as economical as you can 
with it but with also people as well because it's not just about building space it's about how many people you've got and how many volunteers you can use and all those kind of things but the first off I think churches get stuck with this this feeling of the need to all be in one service oh when we can just go back to one service and actually one service is is of course the big danger because if you're if you go back to one service then you have to what happens when your church grows you've then got to rework out how to go to multi-service again so even if you're going to buy a bigger building as a church you probably need to be going to two services as a as a minimum anyway because you don't want to lose that muscle of multiple services so it's not just as simple as get a bigger building what what do you think lee yeah it's, it's the use of buildings and facilities actually it's just about not being be on an end all and not being not being afraid actually i'll pick up with no, don't be afraid of making adaptations to suit a new way of doing things. If you've got a building, we can't get precious or make a sacred cow out of our buildings. Yeah, absolutely. We, we, I mean, we definitely can't can't do that. And I think that the more that we, you know, the building used to be the, the big sacred thing because we used to, I guess we used to have a kind of a, a cathedral mentality. Well, they represent significant investment. And, you know, maybe even more so in in the UK and maybe even into Europe than than maybe elsewhere. Like, you know, you know America has um, some extra space, sometimes getting that, not everywhere, but some of the big churches that we look at, you know, they, they get plots, they throw up buildings. And even then, I've, I've been to some and like, you know, the costs of really big sized auditoriums, sound systems, screens and massive car parking is less than we've spent on like refurbing like old buildings because we can't move anywhere. So I, I get it. Like we get we get attached. The buildings then get given meaning. And but actually that the building isn't the be all and end all of, of, of it. So I think we've got to be careful that actually the building serves us rather than the other way around. So I, I just say it's like you might have a building, you might have done it into, you know, 500 seats on the flat and some balcony area and all those bits and pieces. But like I said, you know, people have already been curtaining off those other elements and going to multiple services. Don't, don't, be, don't be scared to change stuff. Like work out why, gather some data, functionally put some other things in place that serve as you go. And, uh, you know, we, we, we build actually, even if we look long term about the purpose of a building, it's very difficult to build multi-generationally that something's going to last and continue to serve a hundred years from now. Even, even I, I, I believe that even one of the statements from, I think it's like the uh, rank about some of the Methodist buildings is that they were built to serve a generation. And like, you know, in one sense, they, they didn't think that they would exist uh, 125 years later, some of them, that actually that they thought that they would be redone to serve the generation at the time because they thought that needs would change we've got into this preservation mentality about buildings so we sometimes get hooked with old buildings and don't do much with them look start to think about how you can make it serve you not the other way around and you know see see what needs to happen to make it work there's brilliant architects out there and people and inspiration don't 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 copy just look at the principles about how people came to those conclusions and ultimately, this is about how we engage people anyway. So let's 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 keep it person centered, and then look at what touch points need to be in place to make sure we reach as many as possible. Um, and you know, 
and, and, and look at it that way. Yeah, I, I agree. So is this the death of the large building? I, no, I don't think it is. But I think that there's so much context that's got to go into that beforehand. And I think I was thinking through multi-site, multi-service, multi-church, you know, all those kind of things go into the mix on thinking those things through. Um, well, we'll call up that time for today. Um, Lee, thank you so much again for uh, for A, all your brilliant insight, but B, your soundboard, which I think is probably the most delightful thing. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to find a way to make that work a little effortlessly for, for future episodes. Lee, I will see you next week. <laughs> Love it. Thank you very much. Take care. Well, thank you so much for joining us for this week's episode. And don't forget that you can send in your thoughts, comments, uh, discussions for whatever we've talked about. Uh, just drop us an email, podcast at thinking.church, and we'd love to be able to read it out on the show. Uh, we'll be back with another podcast next week, so stay tuned for that. Uh, we will see you soon. Bye for now.